Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every episode is a separate, complete adventure, so you can listen to them in any order. These second and third episodes of season 2022 are an experiment in storytelling. Both groups will play in the same setting with the same non-player characters. The outcome of what happens, though, is entirely up to them. I enjoy these parallel episodes because it's interesting how different they become. Players, the fate of the NPCs is in your hands. We are joined today by... Simmond the Kind. Hi, um, my name's Simmond. I am a eight-foot-tall fur bear. Um, I am, I'm blue with a light dusting of fur, and I have a, a quarter staff and a net here, and uh, a little pouch full of herbs. Um, I'm a level one druid, if you can't tell. Nice to meet you. Wivellian von Erden. Oh, hello. I'm Wivellian, but you may call me Willy. I stand six feet five inches tall. I'm deathly gaunt because I have died. I'm a reborn man. Well, more of a sea hag. My skin is greenish. I have sharp fang-like teeth. But I swear, I'm just out for a good time. And Wing and Nugget. Uh, hello, my name is Wing. I am a Corophidian, which is kind of like a gray, graven bird person. Uh, I am a ranger, level one right now, but we're getting up there. Uh, I have with me uh, a nice uh, hoodie on my body. Uh, and in the big pocket of the hoodie, there's now a, a large bulge. Uh, and a golden head sticks out. And that would be uh, Nugget, my eggmate and lifelong friend. Uh, he is also very excited to go on an adventure today. Ah, yes, that's him being very excited indeed. All right. So you've all got a pencil or pen. Please take a moment and write these locations down. Say yes when you've got them. Yes. Elysium Fields. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. A convenience store. All right. Uh, all yes. good. The Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. Yes. Of course. I have written it down. The Nikimoi Museum of Natural History. All right. Okay. Yes. Would you like to begin your adventure in Elysium Fields, a convenience store, the Nikimoi Museum of Natural History, or the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall? Uh, well, I have never been to a museum before, so that would be a new experience. I like natural history. Sounds like a lovely time. All right. You step up wide stone stairs to a large multi-story building with a high, high ceiling. White walls. Light-colored marble floors. In a hallway off to the left, people are meandering towards a very extensive rock collection. A half-elf male, wearing a name tag that says Ernst Lee, stands against the wall, arms crossed across his chest, watching people enter and exit. Uh, well, Mr. Uh, Willy, Mr. Simond, uh, do you know anything about these museums? Is this where they have the uh, st stuffed bird people that I've heard about? I can't remember. I might have been here at some point, but... Uh, I've never been to a museum myself, but I imagine there's a great number of stuffed creatures inside. Oh dear. I suppose we could always ask for help. I'm sure there's tours. Oh, that would be lovely, yes. Otherwise, we yes. can always have just Nugget lead the tour as well. He's very smart. 
Well, that sounds entertaining as well. Either way, Simon crouches down next to Nugget and says, Would you like to lead the way? I, I take Nugget out of the pocket of my hoodie and look at him, and he looks at you, and he goes, Put him in the gown, and he walks towards the, the entrance to the museum. And yes, he is very excited to lead us. Also, I am wearing a large sombrero hat, and you sometimes see me have a little flinch, but don't worry about that. Well, all right. Um, shall we? Yes. Let's follow Nugget. You guys enter the room with the very extensive rock collection in the hallway to the left. In the middle of the room, a pedestal with a glass box on it is all lit up. Inside, something is rotating. A crowd of people block you from seeing what it is. There is a plaque on the wall. Wing, I suspect you have good eyesight. What does that plaque say? Uh, oh, yes, I have very good eyesight. Let me have a look. Uh, I will I will attempt to look at the plaque. You read, This 60-carat rutilated quartz necklace was donated in the name of the Kampush estate in the year 49590. Ah, I see. It says, Schribble, scribble, I scribble, scribble. Scribble, scribble. What an odd thing to put on a plaque. Yes, normally when people put on scribbles, it's on paper. But this one is on, like, I don't know, like brass or something? Hmm. Hmm. You know, Wing, a lot of people have different abilities, and that's okay. Oh, yes. I have seen very, very many people with very uh, strange and weird talents and abilities. I do agree. It's all very fun. What are yours? Oh, well, uh... I can take Nugget, and then when someone starts being annoying, uh, Nugget will go and uh, nibble on their feet or on their ear or sometimes a finger. And then when that's not enough, I have this, and I pull out a, a bow and knock an arrow, and like ignoring all kinds of uh, uh, range weapon safety rules, I uh, point it around the room, full of people. Blink. A piece of copper falls upon your head, Wing. Well... Those are quite some talents. Uh, personally, I like to spend a lot of time in the evenings reading. Old habit of mine. Do you mind if I take a look at that plaque? Oh, yes, of course. Maybe, maybe you can read scribble. I cannot really read scribble very well. Would you like a copper piece with that? <laughs> I'll let you hold on to that. Okay, I put it back in my sombrero. Simmond also attempts to read the plaque. This 60-carat rutilated quartz was donated in the name of the Kampush, K-A-M-P-U-S-C-H, estate in 49590. Blink. A piece of copper falls onto Wing's head. All right. Simmond relays that to his compatriots. While they're talking, Willie is just, like, looking up, like, where are these coppers coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that what the scribbles say? Oh, I see you're a man with the, what they say, the, the large brainness? Well, it has to match the rest of me. Uh, yes, that, that <laughs> wing, wing is very much craning his neck to, to look up at you. You're like three foot taller. Willie, you're watching, and it looks like this copper piece is materializing out of thin air three feet above Wing's head and falling right on it. It happens about it every 15 seconds. Does anyone else see these copper pieces? I do. I'm I'm just wondering what would happen 
if we were in a room with a ceiling one foot above Wing's head. Huh? Huh? I'm imagining the structural damage. <laughs> Why are you looking at the uh, sky above my head? Is something there? Uh, y- yes. Do you truly not notice the coins falling upon you? Oh, of course, yes. That's because I have no more soul now, but I do have money. Look, and I show my sombrero where a very large amount of copper pieces and nothing else is in in the dream of the sombrero. <laughs> and you're actively recruiting people to the pyramid scheme. <laughs> oh, okay. I talk to people, and they find me funny and give me money, and then I give it to someone else, and everybody's happy with this. I see. <gasps> well, it's nice to have an income stream. Even if it's a literal stream. They say passive income is way of future business. Well, why do you think everybody's so uh, enamored of this necklace? Any ideas? It's very shiny. That's true. As you've been talking, the crowd has kind of moved into the next room, shuffled. It was three halflings, two, like a, a family with a small child, Two wooden mannequin people and one old woman. And they've now moved on to the next room. Well, let's shuffle forward and take a look. That's that's Wing putting his face against the glass and they're like, eh? (laughs) Rotating on the pedestal, shining, glittering under bright lights, is a clear quartz stone with long, straight gold needles spiking through it. The light reflects off each of those needles, bouncing off enchantingly. You can see the the lights of the uh, of the of the quartz uh, reflecting in my beady black eyes like stars in the night sky, very much like Puss in Boots. Hmm, what a beautiful necklace! Yes, yes. Perception check. Not great. Oh no. Ten. I was zero in perception, so that's a six. Twenty-two. Only Simon the kind sees Ernst. Looking at you all very closely as you are leaning in and observing the necklace. He's pretty clearly in an administrative role here at this museum, possibly in charge of things like safety and security. You're not sure. You're not sure what he's doing, but he's in a uniform and he's keeping an eye on you. I wonder why. He keeps looking at Wing like he might know you, but he's not sure. And Wing, do a history check. Uh, that would be a natural one. Yeah, you have no idea where you've seen him before. I am very much distracted by this rotating thing. Mr. Simmond, is this one of those places where they give out these shiny things for free, or you have to buy them, or you can trade for them? Well, I do believe you can buy them, but it would take an awful lot of coppers. I have a very large amount of coppers. (laughs) Yes, you do. You do, dear. Um... Maybe later. There should be a gift shop. We'll we'll take a look around there. I'm sure we can get a fantastic replica. Uh, Simmond glances up to see if uh, the administrator is still looking. Mm-hmm. Still looking. What's his expression like? He's looking at Wing, and he's, like, stroking his chin. Like, he might have seen Wing before. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we should reassure him that we're... I don't know. The good guys. Anyone? I suppose. Uh, Though I feel as if he's the one in the wrong here, staring at us. But, uh, let's go make an introduction. 
All right. Um, Simmond wafts a hand and a flower appears in the air and floats over towards him. Hmm. What ability did you use to do that? Druidcraft. I can grow flowers. And use minor gusts of wind and whatnot to blow them around. I do believe. Marvelous spell work. Ernst is quite impressed. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's the first time today he's received a flower, so he smiles and heads over to you guys and says, well, thank you for the... Well, thank you for the flower. Anytime. I have a lot of them. Are you enjoying the museum? Well, yes. We've, We've only just begun, but everything is beautiful. You've done fantastic work. It's really only possible through these kind donations. I hope you all have a lovely day today. Well, we'll certainly try. You're welcome to join us if you'd like. Uh, um, okay, so... Gonna do a quick sexuality check on Ernst. (laughs) (laughs) He's not interested. Uh, the flower and the invitation to join along are making him clench his hands and... Take a shuffle, a step back. Do an insight check. I didn't mean it that way. I Ooh, didn't know I, I it was a, a skill t- check. I rolled a two, so no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> You're not aware that you've made this person uncomfortable? He responds politely and says, Afraid I can't, but I hope you all have a lovely day. Well, thank you. You too. You are a kind man. Would you like a copper piece? Oh, um, do an insight check, Wing. Or an investigation check, whichever's highest. Uh, Actually, investigation might be a better call. Okay, then it's a two. Oh, okay. So you don't notice the very expensive shoes that he's wearing and how, like, proper and coiffed he looks. Coughed? I don't know, whatever. He looks rich. He's hanging out in a museum. He's definitely administration in a museum. Um. I mean, he can't be as rich as me. I have a lot of copper. I don't see any copper on him. He waves his hand in like a half motion and says, you can tip some of the other staff. Okay. Mr. Willie, what are staff? Simmond holds out his staff. (laughs) I will put the copper piece on the staff. I have tipped the staff. Perfect. Yes. And just to remind you guys, there are many locations here today. They all have clues. <laughs> so you could explore your heart's content. <laughs> well, let's move to the next room. Uh, Willie, was it? Yes. Uh, so Willie is very tall. I remember I forgot to de- like describe his uh, like hair. Uh, he has like very like curly lengths, like a, like a mop of hair that covers his eyes. So he's like one of those people where you only kind of see like from the nose down. And just generally holds a creepy uh, smile. He's also a warlock. So, just a quick note. Uh, so, uh, yes, I am Willie. Tanninger has told me much about you, Simmond. Though I did not know your moniker was the kind. He said something else. <laughs> well, he's, he's a troubled soul. Why don't you take the lead? But of course, my darling... Come now, brothers. Let us explore the museum. And we'll just go to the closest hall. 
We pick back up with our heroes after they have spent three hours exploring the museum. You've seen so many rocks. So many rocks. Also some stuffed uh, creatures, I guess. You saw some of those too. Ho oh, ho, nailed it on the creature thing, boys. <laughs> were there any stuffed uh, bird persons? There were no stuffed sentient anything. Because they put those in the back hall after uh, about a hundred years ago, people complained. But uh, oh. history, sure, they had the stuffed people back in the day. Uh, any, like, cool burial masks or, like, uh, mummies or something? Like, dead stuff? Yes, in a room with darkened lighting so as to preserve the, the very fragile dead things. Definitely some dead things. Willie would have spent most of his time in that room, just introducing himself to all of the dead things. <laughs> Hello, I'm Willem, or Willie. I think we have a lot in common. Mr. Simmons, why is he talking to the carrion? Well, remember when I said that everyone has different talents? Mm-hmm. Maybe those are just some of his. Oh, he talks to dead food. That's interesting. Yes. Speaking of food, has anyone seen any food? It's been a while. Well, we could hit up a convenience store, perhaps. Get some nachos. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is, but I'm always down to explore. Hmm. That sounds, uh, sounds like something you can put in my sombrero and then put cheese over it. I don't know why. Yes, maybe that's why they've been on my mind. And I haven't eaten in weeks, so it sounds like fun. You have... Poor child. We'll get you food now. Oh, I have no desire to consume. As I have said before, I am long dead. Oh. Well. I'm also learning how to eat poison pretty good, and that's cool. Anyway. I'm glad you find some... substance to your life. Yes, and speaking of substance, let's get some for you. I agree. Where do you guys think we should go? The convenience store, you said? Yes, as long as it's not like on the other side of town or something. Do you know where it is? Is it? History check. Cool. I think I'm good at history. I am. That's an 18. You do know where it is. It's not that far. Yes, I believe I saw it on the way over here. All right. Well, let's go find it. You all arrive at the convenience store. Assuming that Wing came too. Wing? Oh, yes. Wing definitely came along. And on the way, he was uh, trying to very sneakily sniff Mr. Willy because he said he was dead. But he doesn't seem to smell like corpse. So I'm trying to find out what that's all about. Uh, you'd probably also notice that he does not breathe. I am. Oh no. Oh no. It's one of those. Oh no. I will try to keep my distance in that case. I'm kinda scared here. Plink. A copper falls on your head. This will really mess with my stealth. Mm. (laughs) You all arrive at the Combini. Combini convenience store. A bell tinkle tinkles as you pull the door to the convenience store open. On the left are three standing aisles covered in packages of snacks and convenient items and a far wall lined with shelves of beverages. On your right 
A wall with a service counter is staffed by a satyr wearing a tank top and plaid skirt, covered by a store uniform apron. When the door opened, the cash register tray clanged shut. Perception check? Mm, that's a four. Fourteen. Twenty-two. Thank goodness. It was DC 15, people. Wing. <laughs> You're not sure because of the flash of copper that passed your eye? Because, you know, blink, some copper falls on your head. Deep. But you think you see her pocket some money from the till. Oh, I've seen this before. She's getting her paycheck. Very good. And the other two did not see that. <laughs> nope. I walk up to the to the counter and I say, Hello, would you like to have a copper with that? Seems like you had to uh, get some extra pay loan. And I put a copper on the counter for her. Are you buying something? I don't know yet. Do you have nachos? Yeah, they're over there by the rotating hot dogs. Okay, thank you. I leave my cup around the counter and I walk towards the nachos. You find a bucket of chips, a crock pot of nacho cheese, and various nacho toppings. They're not refrigerated. Mr. Willie, I think I found the nachos. Uh... Willie will walk over, sees the rotating hot dogs, like pushes his face up against the glass and goes like, that's breathtaking. Look at them go. Do get the nachos for uh, Brother Simmond, if you would. Okay. Pick the largest bucket I can find, which I hope I can barely lift. And then... Um... Hmm. Do you think we should just take a look at these nachos first? Perception check? Exactly. Simmons' uh, wisdom alarm is going off. Uh, 11. With an 11, you think the nachos look really delicious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> They're also slightly moving. <laughs> Uh, but you probably noticed that Nugget is gone, so, you know. <laughs> w Willie is largely unfamiliar with eating, so he's like, well, let's tuck in, boy. I suppose I can pay for the nachos. I'll go to the counter. That'll be one gold. Um, also, how much did you buy? I I'm confused. The largest bucket we could find of nachos. Honestly, that'll be one copper. You're also settled. You're good. Copper wins. Thank you. Have a wonderful shift. All right. Yeah, like, have a great day. <laughs> I, oh, I forgot what you... Thanks. I thought you weren't going to say anything back. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's pretty rude, but... Uh, is there anything well, else of note in the convenience store? Just kind of doing a glance. It looks like a totally normal convenience store to you. I saw your perception check when you came in. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe we missed a person or something. <laughs> um, okay, well then, Willie is satisfied. Maybe we uh, maybe we should head back out to the guild hall. Sure. As long as there's food. Thank you, Miss Combini. Have a good day. Yeah, whatever. She seems to enjoy her job very much. Lovely woman. Oh, I know what I could have given you better at DMing. You know what, Willie? Do a perception check on, on the cashier. There we go. 
something that you would have seen when you were close to her paying or discussing money that you wouldn't have seen when you walked in. You're making a face. Uh, yeah, that's a six. <laughs> so th- thank you for bequeathing me a second chance. But once again, I've disappointed you and myself. It's, a, it's okay. I'll give you partial. I'll never feel <laughs> forward, right? I'll give you some information. Her name yeah. tag says T-Y-F-A-N-N-I. Tiffany? Okay. Um, <laughs> there you go. As a player, I'm like, that is ridiculous. Willie was, wouldn't mind or think about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good. Thanks. Did we just get breakfast at Tiffany's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Does it come in blue boxes? Only if those nachos are really old. All right. So... <laughs> Where are you guys? Okay, so you're heading to the guild hall. Okay. Yes, we eat as we go and stroll back towards the guild hall, just enjoying the scenery. You enjoy the scenery. You keep going, keep going. You make it to the guild hall. You push open the door. You are all in the fire-breathing kittens guild hall. The guild is a large building with a bar, a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard and job flyers posted. The job board has a flyer on it. Also, a tan swashbuckler with dark brown hair is wallowing in misery at the bar. Oh, he looks sad. Uh, Willie will walk over, sit next to him, and just start crying as well. (laughs) (laughs) He lifts his his alcohol to you and says, cheers. (laughs) Yes, cheers. And, like... Willie, I guess we'll like drink, and but like that forgets like how to drink, so it just kind of spills over his face. Like just opens his mouth and pours back. <laughs> what are we crying about? <laughs> how would he react to someone who doesn't know how to drink alcohol but doesn't react to the whiskey's burn? Um, that would yeah, you know, intelligence saving throw on him. <clears throat> well, never mind. All right, he's drunk. Um, he just says, <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking because I'm not going to be able to drink soon in prison. This is like that time I ate the last cream puff on the shoe mountain. Better savor it. This beer, this is my last cream puff. Why are you going to jail, dear friend? My court date is Tomorrow. I got served with a summons, accused of robbing a store. Does this traveling storyteller look like he has a villainous bone in his body to you? He gestures at himself with thick club fingers. This is like that time Rain thought I'd eaten her last dried fish. I can't stand dried fish. It wasn't me. He looks a bit green, but whether from the volume of alcohol he has consumed or the thought of dried fish, you couldn't say. Uh, hmm. Well, Willie doesn't, didn't see her stealing, so he would just be like, I'm very sorry. Did you talk to Brother Beans, perhaps, about a possible stay of trial? Who? He's like the only lawyer in the guild. He's a very competent lawyer. Do you have his card? Uh... Y- y- yes, of course. Uh, 
he just shuffles through all the business cards he's been getting at Tanager's parties. And I'm like, oh, here we are, beans. And uh, passes the card to him, uh, cries a little bit more, and then we'll walk back over to his friends and leave him be. That guy's really sad. What did you do to make him feel better? Oh, I shared in his suffering and presented a gentle solution, though afraid he's been uh, accused of a crime he did not commit and has mere hours before he is put into the penal system. That's an interesting phrasing, but how do you think we could help? Maybe he wants some comfort food. (laughs) A last meal? (laughs) Yes, share with him our nachos. Perhaps find some more information. We are heroes. Maybe we could investigate. I did not ask him where the said crime occurred. Well, let's find out. Raise the bucket above my head and tap, 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 tap. Hello. Do you want some nachos? Sure. He eats them and then does a constitution saving throw. Also, if he sticks his hand in the bucket, there is a chance he might be bitten by nuggets because he's on the bottom of the bucket covered in nacho cheese. Oh, no. He's kind of stealthy, probably. He mixes in very well with the yellow nacho cheese. Uh, Dexterity saving throw to avoid a bite, I guess. Eight? No. I guess he got bitten. Ah! He yells and withdraws his hand, saving him from his defo's failed constitution saving throw. I imagine Nugget, like, hanging onto his finger and going, like, being whooshed around the room. He can hold on very well. Having seen a drake before, he knows to tickle under its chin and make it laugh to let go, because he's an experienced storytelling traveler. So he tickles Nugget. He's like, look at you. And he tickles Nugget under the chin. And he goes, goochie, goochie, go. <laughs> Nugget will let go and roll his back with his tongue hanging out like nah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows better than to pet the belly. <laughs> no worries. Let me take a look at that finger. The man who you've not asked for his name holds out his bitten finger to you. Mm-hmm. Just a flesh wound. Simmond will drop a seed from his pouch into one of the glasses on the table, and a full-grown aloe plant will spring up from it. And Simmons will take some and slice the leaves open and wrap them around the finger. There, good as new. Why, thank you. And it's bleeding a lot because he's drunk. (laughs) I hope I have such kindness from the people that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with starting tomorrow. And he drinks more and cries. Why don't you tell us more about what happened? I'm a traveling storyteller. My name is Garrix Orxy, you guys. <laughs> Garrick Orxy? Garrix. Yeah. Um, I'm a traveling storyteller. My name is Garrix. I came to Nicomoy like I come to many other places. I should sound drunker, but I'm not good at affecting a drunk accent. I'm going to try. I came to Nicomoy and I stopped in at a convenience store thinking that I would pick up some food. Didn't see any nachos there. Darn. I love nachos. And he's like drunk and very hungry now because (laughs) he didn't get any nachos. (laughs) And I left the store after paying. And then I was staying at this inn 
Over there. He gestures, but then he moves his head. Then he's like, I shouldn't have moved my head. And a cop knocked on my door with a summons saying that I stole from the Combini and my court date is tomorrow morning. And if I'm guilty, I'll spend up to five years in jail. Uh, and he looks down at his whiskey and he says, another to Noosie, the bartender, and she pours him another whiskey, and he slides a copper across the counter to her. Plink, a copper falls on wing, and Noosie looks confused and then gives you a whiskey. <laughs> Ooh, very nice. I will throw it down the hedge. <laughs> All right. Um, constitution saving throw. Uh, that is a nine. Feeling a little tipsy. Oh, this is out of that fire water they have been telling me about. It's, it's a very, it goes down smooth. I am, I am technically uh, of legal drinking age for convenience, but I am technically not of drinking age for human years, so... Eh. I think members-only bars have different rules. Then we're good. Yeah, we're not going to snitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds very classist. Well, that's the thing. There's like there's like membership bars, and you can you pay to join them, and then you don't have to pay tax on alcohol or something. It's very weird. Anyway, so um, yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna say anything. <laughs> oh, uh, Garrix is not a fire breathing kittens guild member. I'll just say that you can drink here and not be a member. Okay, so what are you guys doing? Where are you going? Lots well, of places, things to do, people to see. What you doing? It sounds like we should really help him. Uh, He's—he seems genuine in that he didn't do it, and you know they always say that drunk words are true words. So maybe we should look into what happened at this convenience store. Yes, it seems to be a place where you can get your own paycheck whenever you want. That woman behind the counter was doing it. Wait, what? Oh yeah, she was getting her paycheck from the from the counter. Tell me exactly what you saw. Oh well, uh, we came in and she was she had the 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 money machine open, took some money out, then saw us. Was probably embarrassed that she had to paycheck herself instead of getting it from her manager. So she quickly closed the the money machine and put the money away. Ah, ah, Garrix, what exactly were you accused of stealing? I was accused of holding up the store and stealing from the cash register, like with the crossbow. And Armed who robbery. was your accuser? The store, on behalf of the cashier. I see. Hmm. Well, uh, Wing, maybe we should go have a conversation with the magistrate. That's a word. <laughs> Is this one of those spell boys? He has the magic. Uh, I'm, I, maybe, I'm not sure. Uh, I do think we should find our friend Beans, though. Willie, what do you think? Willie has been checking on his favorite spider near the uh, jo- the job board. So just while they were having the conversation, like he probably would have glanced at the poster. Um, but then when he hears his name, he's going to turn and be like, Oh, uh, well, if there is a uh, wrong that we can write, we shouldn't do it. Though I know Beans is dreadfully busy. I think maybe... Heading to a magistrate might be a good idea. And by the way, since oh, you said you were near the... Oh. Yeah. Do you want the job flyer No, text? I was saying... 
please. Yes, please. Okay, okay. The jab flyer says, I heard a scary dragon has taken up residence at 31157 Tregony Lane in Elysian Fields. He must have eaten the homeowners. Slay the dragon and save our suburb. Signed, Layla Abeldgard, Concerned Elysian Field Resident. Addendum from Firebreathing Kittens Guild Leader Nulisag, 300 gold. I guess I should do it in his voice. 300 gold has been prepaid to the guild to be released upon Layla's message that they're happy with the situation. Do you want me to read that again or do you want any info from it? Sure. What was the address? The address was 31157. Tregony? Tregony Lane in Elysian Fields. And what was the name of the person? Layla, L-A-L-A, which is a guy's name too. Abildgard, A-B-I-L-D-G-A-A-R-D. All right. Uh, Maybe let's go talk to the magistrate first. This seems a bit time sensitive. Then we can head over to the dragon. It's been a while since I've spoken to one of those. Yes, sounds delightful. Oh, you want to speak to Dragon? Nugget is Drake. He's like Tiny Dragon. No wings. You can talk to him. He's very talkative. <laughs> well, we might need that here soon. He can be our interpreter. He could be. That would be very useful. No, no way that will go wrong. Okay, let's find this magic magic star. Yes, the magic star. Um, have I ever been to the Magister's office? Where would a magister's office be? How do you find a magister? What is a... How do you... What, or magistrate. What either are they? Or. Um, judge. Okay, so where would you go to find one? Uh, the courthouse. Okay, all right. What time of day is it right now? 6 p.m. Oh. You guys spent the whole day in the museum and then you went to the mm. convenience store afterwards. We might have to go see the police instead. <laughs> You've seen those before, right, Wing? Uh, I am told that I should not comment on that. Oh, you have met a lawyer. All right. I don't know. There was this guy and he was saying what I had to say. So I said what he said that I had to say. Well, I've met a few policemen in my day. Let's head over and see if we know anyone there at the station. Okay. You arrive at the police station. It's a busy precinct with people being trounced around in handcuffs and other people making complaints and there's the sounds of communication stones ringing off the hook and someone's got a black eye and holding a bag of peas wait no holding an ice crystal from magic on their face and lots of stuff going on all right do we see anyone we know well, Simon, the kind, you just had your memory wiped, so I'm going to go with a flat no for you. There's no DC. You, you, your memory was wiped last episode, so zero percent chance of success. Wavelian von Erden, have you ever left the house before today? No, he doesn't get out much. Okay. Wing, do you know any cops? I mean, I might <laughs> accidentally have met some cops. There might have been misunderstandings. There's one time I tried to uh, uh, impersonate an asthmatic teen who was good at stealing purses. And then uh, a guard showed up. I think that's about the same thing. Yeah, that was in Jishok. You are currently in Nikamui. Oh, I'm sure I've impersonated asthmatic teens that steal handbags here before as well. Okay, so you are in the police <laughs> precinct. You're surrounded by unfamiliar faces. What do you do? 
perception check. Let's see who looks kindly. That's an insight check. Oh, all right. Insight check. I rolled a 12. And I am definitely pulling the result from the staff of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Fifteen. Okay, so it's not like Rosa Diaz. Because that was a pretty high number. But, I mean, it's... Yeah, all right. A Jake Peralta-looking fellow with way too goofy of a smile for a police officer asks (laughs) how he can help. How can I help you? Excitedly, with vigor for his job. (laughs) Well... We just stumbled upon some information that I'm hoping you can get to the right place. Um, a friend of ours here, well, we just met him, but he seems very genuine. His name is Garrix. Did, wait, did you bring Garrix with you? No. Okay. Right. Um, he was accused of stealing from a convenience store by the, the clerk. However, earlier that day when we visited... Uh, that clerk was seen withdrawing her own paycheck, so to speak, from the cash register. He goes to the giant pile of forms, because everything, paperwork, has to be done by hand in this world. Ugh. And gets out a court docket information, says, The court case for that is tomorrow. If you want to testify, you're welcome to. No, I think we should. What time? Eight o'clock in the morning. At this address. Here's the case number, and he gives you a random string of numbers. And give me one second here. 1574894 is the case number. 1574894. All right. 8 a.m. at the courthouse. Yeah, sorry to hear that, bro. Hope it works out for you. And he shakes your hand. Well, thank you very much, sir. And then he plays pranks Uh with Boyle. (laughs) <laughs> Boyle? Yeah. Fellow cop. Watch oh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right. Ah. Well, that was very helpful. Um, Simmond holds out a hand where a tree begins to grow, and an apple pops down into his hand, and he passes it to the cop. Keeps the doctor away, you know. Oh, he eats it. He is a friendly and trusting soul. <laughs> Thank you for your help. I also give him a copper piece. He does not take it. <laughs> it's a fresh one. He does not accept that. Uh, there's a charity box in the corner, and he drops it in there, and then looks awkward. Oh, charity. I like charity. I tip my sombrero into the charity box. Cling, <laughs> <laughs> cling, 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 cling. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, shall we go talk to a dragon then? Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, quick adventure before bed. Like we can count with a dragon and then a nap. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. They head off to Elysium Fields, I guess? Yeah. Yep. Is that like far away? Can we walk there? Or It's a suburb outside of the city walls. You can walk there. All right. Okay. And you do. You walk there. You are standing on an unpaved road riddled with muddy potholes and grooves left by cartwheels. Around you are tiny forests, little wooded areas to break the sight lines between huge mansions and their well-manicured grounds and paved driveways. Like trick-or-treating in a rich suburb, it's inconveniently far to walk between these fancy houses. Do you go down the road left or right or approach the nearest house? Uh, Are there any, like, street signs or...? Nope. Okay, Hmm. good. Gonna read them anyway. (laughs) Uh, Nearest, I suppose. 
Let us ask for uh, a bit of help finding our desired location from one of the commoners. You approach the nearest house. Simon wonders what these people would think about us referring to them as commoners. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess, could I just get a insider perception at, like... I know the road was, like, unpaved and stuff. Is it pretty a rough area, or...? You ever been in... Where, like, a person's own wealth does not extend to the society around them, and zero percent social programs, everything's just, you are the wealth that you make. So they don't, like, this particular community does not pave the common roads. However, each driveway is, like, the quality of marble. Oh, okay. Uh, well, then my ability won't help. <laughs> Either way, yeah. Um... Well, yes, I suppose uh, I might have misjudged the situation a bit. Oh, regardless, let's make some friends. Okay, they walk up the driveway of the nearest house. A porky person with long, straight gold needles is standing outside the large house on the lawn. She sees you and immediately waves you over. Elysium guards! You got here fast! Quick, the snake's in the house! Everyone's out except Vaklov. He was on the toilet. Uh, uh... Hello, yeah, miss. I, I'll just I, start I rushing. I think you are confused. Uh, now is oh. not the time, dear Wing. Oh, sorry. Um, go ahead, Wing. Oh, I, are we rushing in? What? Yeah, I mean, if there's a dangerous snake in the house, like, I don't think we should be like, oh, no, technically we're not. We're a different group of adventurers. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so uh, Willie will start booking it. Willie books it into the house. Wing. Simmond. What do you do? I uh, guess we'll go forward. We can't leave our friend unprotected. Yes, Mr. Willie already died once. What if he dies again? You have to follow him. You run up to the very large house. Like, very, very much not commoners. And you fling open the door that was unlocked and partially ajar. Because in their haste of running out of the house, this porky person with the long, straight gold needles, you know, left a way out for Vaklov whoever that is, and uh, you enter a living room. There's a couch, and behind it, a kitchen, and then off in the distance, there's a hallway going to the right. You don't see a bathroom. Maybe it's off the hallway. Everybody, roll initiative. Ooh. Oh, initiative? Yeah. Already? All right. Five. Nineteen. Nine. Willie, what do you do? I'll start hollering for, um, what, what was it? Farklar? <laughs> V-A-C-L-A-V. Vaklav. Also, Vaklav. for the curious audience of what the heck are these names, I like to, so like to actively make myself less racist in real life. I look up foreign names for my NPCs in my games, and I name my NPCs words that mean things to other real people in the world, but not to me. And then hopefully I'll like, slowly grow and become a more tolerant person over time. I don't know. It's possible. I'll at least learn the name Vaklov. Where is that from? <laughs> don't know. Couldn't tell you. Somebody's named it. <laughs> One of our listeners could be Vaklov. Hi, Vaklov. Happy birthday. Hi, Vaklov. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I will yell Vaklov and I guess try to make a perception check to hear any sort of commotion. Or snake or bathroom-like sounds. 
you hear the echoey, echoey reply of busy. We heard. <laughs> Sir, I believe there's a snake in the house. What? I'm busy. There's a I'll giant a snake. In- He's busy with his snake. Man, f- freaking Vaclav, right, guys? All the time with this guy. Um, so no snake sounds, though? What sounds do a snake make? Does a snake make? What? Like, what are you listening for? Yeah, like <laughs> hissing or like a scraping sound of something large, like writhing on the floor. Do a perception check. Cool. Fifteen. If life could have subtitles, like blem, blem, blem. <laughs> You know that there's a snake here somewhere. Okay, uh, I'll right. take my move action then to move closer to the noise. Willie, oh wait, it was Wing's turn. Wing. Oh, it's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what happened here? I'm gonna have to re-listen to this and figure out what happened. But okay, so Willie, it's not your turn. Oh, wait, I could have sworn he was first in the, he was first sure in the door. So it's fine. Did I say Willie? Oh my gosh! All right. Um. Okay, you move thirty feet closer. Uh, through the living room, right? Is your movement 30? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're through the living room at the junction of the hallway. And yeah, there is a long snake in this hallway. And it is mlem-mlem-ing at the bathroom door. Oof. Uh, am I close enough to act? It's about 20 feet from you. It's also huge sized. So like part of it is 20 feet from you. Oh, cool. I'll take my trident then and throw it 60 feet or 20 feet. Uh, All right, what's your take? Let's see. I was in a... Do-do-do. Ba-ba-ba. Uh, 16. That hits. How much damage do you do? Uh, seven. This is not going to go well for you guys. Okay. <laughs> right. The snake looks mostly unharmed. It has your trident sticking out of it, though? Okay, wing. It's your turn. Uh, so do I also see the giant snake? You are standing at the entrance of the living room. If you move 30 feet in, you will see a snake with a trident sticking out of it. I will follow Mr. Willie, because he seems to know what he's doing. There's a snake with a trident sticking out of it. Okay, I'm going to make just a a quick wisdom saving throw, since snakes are kind of natural predators. Oh, I'm I'm very courageous today. Okay, I see there's a snake with trident sticking out of it. I guess we're fighting it. All right. Wing action time. I will take out my... What do I have? My crossbow. I have a crossbow. That I did not use in a in a stick-up of a convenience store l- lately. That's, that's a different crossbow. Uh, I'm going to uh, love reading you guys the epilogues. <laughs> so I will fire my crossbow at it. Oh, and by the way, for everybody, please pre-roll your to hit and damage. So that when we get to you, you already have those numbers. And it's yes. armor class is 12, everybody. In that case, I miss... I wrote 11. The crossbow bolt slams into the wall and the loud sound of the bolt hitting the bathroom door and the surprising sight of the arrow exploding through the door and like the shaft of the arrow sticking halfway through the door causes a scream from the bathroom and you hear a splashing sound. All right, I am done. <laughs> so is so is Vaclav. All right. <laughs> Next up is the snake, and with both Wing and Willie, because uh, Simmons, you rolled a five. 
with both Wing and Willie 20 feet away from it. It is going to... I, I mean, it's pretty angry. It's got a trident sticking out of it. Uh, it's gonna... I'm gonna roll a dice to see which of you it hits. That'd be Wing. It comes to Wing oh, yeah. and it tries to bite you. Does a 14 hit you, Wing? Exactly right. Oh, yes. okay. It bites you and you take 11 piercing damage. Okay, I fall on ground. Oh, no. It's going to try to eat you next turn. Simmond, you're up. You can now see, because they were standing at like the where the hallway meets the living room, you can now see a snake biting and about to consume wing. What do you do, Simmond? I am going to cast Speak with Animals. Um, this will allow me to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts for the duration of 10 minutes. Uh, knowledge and awareness is limited by their intelligence, but at a minimum, they can give me information, um, including whatever they can perceive for the last day, and I can try to persuade the beast to perform a small favor. I also, as a furbear, um have this ability with uh, Speech of Beasts and Leafed. I have uh, advantage on uh, any type of charisma checks with beasts and animals. So I am going to calmly, with my hands up, move slowly towards the snake, saying, Calm now, calm now. This is all a misunderstanding. We can pull that trident out right now. And, you know, I hear these rich people love quality beef they have these incredibly fatty cows just on the outskirts of their settlement that would be much more delicious than the you know, these stringy people here i mean look at them a scrawny bird and this one's already dead who knows where that's been <laughs> wouldn't you like some beef we can show you right where it is make your persuasion check with advantage because you're talking to a snake this is like the harry potter parcel tongue scene isn't it <laughs> 16 for level 1 a 16 is not bad if you give it meat it will stop attacking uh, I have rations in my bag I will pull out a chunk of meat and hand it over the snake spits out wing <laughs> <laughs> and uh. eats the meat and the bathroom door opens a black dragonborn stands in the door and looks at you feeding a snake and an unconscious raven person and a dead guy in his hallway and an arrow sticking out of his door. And he goes, what happened here? <laughs> Handling it. Wait one moment. And you like close the bathroom door on him again. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mr. Snake, what was your name, by the way? Ooh, it's got an int of one, so I'm going to go with probably not so good at the talkie-talkie, but it's loving the meat. Ah, well, right this way, more meat, so much meat, right out the back door. You guide the snake out the back door. Yes, yes, on the other side of those trees, off there in the distance. It's eating 100% of your rations, you're going to have to use your gold supply to restock. Wing, make a death-saving throw. Okay. Oh, that's a two. That's one fail. If he hits three fails, he dies for good. Willie, it's your turn. Your friend just made a death saving throw. You felt him, like, seize next to you, vibrate a little bit. Um, he don't look so good. 
Oh, yes. Willie has seen this many times. And Willie we'll starts like... talking to the dead. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Wing. Don't worry. It only hurts until you die. And then we'll lean down very creepily and with his zero medicine check, depending on how he rolls, either tries to help him or speed it along. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, I'm at least going to try to help you out. That's an 11. All right. I actually have to look this up because I don't often cause my players to fall unconscious. So it says... Stabilizing a creature. This is from 5thsrd.org. You can use your action to administer first aid to an unconscious creature and attempt to stabilize it, which requires a successful DC 10 wisdom medicine check. So you got an 11? Yeah, for like, just for a second, like I'm shaking him way too hard and then remembers like, oh yes, you must be gentle with the living. And then like, you know, like slaps him, you know, binds one of his wounds or whatever. Yeah. Pulls some of the saliva off. <laughs> Stop the bleeding, you get the tissue destroying saliva off. Yeah, and wing, you're stable. A stable creature doesn't make death saving throws, even though it has zero hit points, but it does remain unconscious. The creature stops being stable and must start making death saving throws again if it takes any damage, by the way. And a stable creature that isn't healed regains one hit point after one D4 hours. So please roll a D4, wing. That will be two, two hours. It will take you two hours to get a hit point and wake up. Simmons, okay. make another persuasion check. Your food has all run out. Uh, could, as a bonus action on my last turn, uh, use that to um, cast Hex on the uh, snake. Which, what? I, well, I get bonus uh, necrotic damage, but then I get a save it can uh, get disadvantage on. So I would choose, like, Charisma. Mm-hmm. So, if you're trying to convince it, maybe that'll help a little bit. Yeah, you sure. legitimately have a turn between wing and... Oh, wait, you spent your turn stabilizing. Well, that's an action, and hex is a bonus. Yes. Yes. Yes, you can. Cool. Okay. Well, I got a 15 with my advantage. Okay. What do you direct the snake to do? To Just... go seek the cows on the other side of that of the forest off in the distance. It has an intelligence of one, so it's just going to keep going <laughs> and going <Good. laughs> and going. <laughs> All right. Snake is out of the picture. Oh, do you retrieve the trident? Yes. Okay. I pulled it out before we started out, the, out, out of the house. All right. Well, that resolves that. Uh, the porky person is on the front lawn and the black dragonborn is in the bathroom. What do you guys do? I'm going to open the bathroom door again and say, oh, so sorry, so sorry. It wasn't safe yet, but hello. There was a snake. Oh, we all almost died. Um, Actually, I'm not sure why you saved me, though. I'm a murderer. What do you mean? And how much noise did you guys make during this? I'm going to say probably a lot of noise. A porky mm -hmm. person steps inside the living room. And she scoffs, and she says, oh, He's not a murderer. He has cancer. I don't think those are mutually exclusive. <laughs> he gets kind of embarrassed sometimes, and the truth doesn't come out so well. And he looks very shocked. Like, it's a, it's a nervous tick. He just was in a very scary situation. And he says, crumpling to the ground with his hands covering his face, I have a steel leg. It'll never be as good. 
And she comes over and comforts her husband and says, he doesn't have a steel leg. There is a treatment for his cancer. It'll be okay one day. This was not good for you, honey, for there to be a snake in the house. It's okay, though. These town guards took care of it. It's so good that we have Elysium guards now. Elysium guards, you're the best. Well, we're actually from the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild. Uh, we were actually coming to look for directions uh, to this house where there's apparently a dragon that ate all of the inhabitants. She covers Vaclav's ear holes and is like, shh, shh. Could you tell us the address of this house, or potentially how to get to 31157 Trigani Lane? I, let's just, here, she goes to the back door and closes it and locks it and, like, double-check that it's locked, and she starts getting out, like, a slice of cake and some tea. She's like, please join me for a second, and she's calming Vaclav, mostly, and serving you guys, and she says, I don't believe I've introduced myself. I'm Shantae Kampush. This is Vaclav Kampush. And you are? Uh, I'm Wilvelian von Erden. And these are my companions, Simon the Kind and Wing. And of course, Young Nugget. Ma. <laughs> you seem to respond like I am saying things that I am not saying. Is I Is that true? I... I feel like I've asked you for an address and an answer, and I keep hearing of steel legs and cancer treatments. Uh, and she's going to leave Vaclav with some, the poor thing, with some cake and some tea, and it's going to guide you to the living room so that he can just, like, recover a little bit. And she says, he's been through a lot. You know, he was a vase for 19 years. Imagine how PTSD you would be if you couldn't move. You could just hear and see everything around you and you couldn't move for 19 years. And then he got cancer. And like when we when we were finally transformed by those wonderful fire breathing kittens into people again, like our assets had been donated away. It was such a hassle getting everything back. And the poor thing, just let him have some cake and tea. And I will guide you to whatever it is you need to go to. Just chill. Okay, dude? Chill. Okay. You guys have a real weird vibe here. And I'm dead. So, <laughs> I look over at my companions and I'm like, Boys, something funny is going on here. Well, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Madam, it seems as though there's a story. And... We're happy to listen, if you'd like to tell it. Everybody in the audience, listen to Mouse and Teapot, a love story. This is the cat in the vase. They were a porky person and a black dragonborn. Do any of you have tattoos showing? <laughs> a little bit. You can see, like, when somebody has, like, a chest tattoo that starts to come up their neck, and he wears, like, a very, like, fluffy collar. So you just see, like, the hint of a chest tattoo. Mine's on my right shoulder. It's very visible. He's communicating non-verbally in a podcast, people. <laughs> and that was a thumbs up. So Wing pointed to his beak where there's a tattoo carved in there and then gave a thumbs up. Good job, Wing. <laughs> Another thumbs up and a shrug. All right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she offers you cake. She offers to take you where you're going. She's completely in, in the debt of the fire-breathing kittens and just, like, is a big fangirl, you know. Thank you so much, says the porky person, Shantae Kampush. Vaclav's going to recover in the kitchen with some cake and tea, but I'll take you there. 
I know where it is. There's no street signs in Elysium Fields, but I know where that one is. Perfect. Perhaps as we walk, you could tell us of your family. We saw a necklace with your family's name on it in the museum earlier this very day. Was it a rutilated quartz necklace? I haven't gotten that back. Yes, well, you would behoove yourself to check the Natural History Museum. Oh gosh, thank you, fire-breathing kittens. It's been such a hassle, you know, and she tells you this as she's walking down the road, taking you to the right destination. I got turned into a cat, and Vaklov got turned into a vase, and we spent 19 years in those forms. It was a long time. I was about to die of cat old age. It was bad. And uh, during that time, they thought we were dead, so they distributed all of our assets, like my best necklace. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to contact them to get it back. Thank you. And then you arrive at the house, and she wishes you well. It's dark now, and she says, I have to get back to Vaclav. He's just, he's fine. He just, he has a little bit of trauma because of what happened to him. Um, I mean, imagine having nothing to your name because they sold it all off because they thought you were dead. So it's been rough for us, but we're getting stuff back. Hired some good lawyers. Okay, well, you guys have a good time. Thank you again for saving us, fire-breathing kittens. Bye. Of course. She says bye. She walks back. Okay, so you guys are now at twilight, <laughs> the darkness rapidly approaching. You approach 31157 Tregany Lane. Yeah? Knock, knock, knock. Uh, well, I'll just carry on. Wayne. You're not there yet. Oh. This is one of those long driveways. Hold on. Okay. So you're at the edge of the driveway and the unpaved road. You approach 31157 Tregany Lane. Now this is a mansion. The three-story building is painted white with a silvery blue roof. The front yard has been paved with a white peach-colored brick, making room here and there for small ornamental topiaries. And in the middle, a bright, teal, curvy-edged swimming pool. The wide mansion, which just keeps going and going, has in the middle of it, in the paved front patio, a cute round gazebo, roofed with the same silvery blue tile as the mansion. Lovely decor. Yes, their gardener does wonderful things. Uh, Shall we go meet them? Yes. Uh, Oh, and I wanted to ask you, uh, Simon, you are good at growing plants, and perhaps you know the spell Goodberry, so we might wake up our friend? (laughs) Wink has Uh, been unconscious this whole time. (laughs) I I just slung him over my shoulder, and I've been walking him around. Oh, gosh. Yeah, uh, two hours has half passed, so, um, yeah. Unfortunately, I do not have Goodberry. Um, I, I, I do have one more spell slot. I, I could just cast Cure Wounds. I'm sure he would appreciate it, but spellcasters must be conservative in their spell usage. <laughs> well, I think it's fine. Yes, uh, cure, I cast Cure Wounds. Uh, 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 I had a very weird dream about people turning into objects. It felt like a, an existential horror plot line that I'm very happy that I was not conscious for. Whew. Yes. Where's the snake? <laughs> oh, the snake is gone. But I will say, those fanciful object people would make for a very interesting, perhaps four-hour tale. <laughs> If only I could have a way to listen to that somewhere. Oh, well. If only. 
Yes. Uh, I, I look. I look around. Uh, where are we? Oh, we're at the dragon house now. We're about to knock on the door. We figured you might want to be awake for it. Oh, yeah, yes, thank you. Uh, are we sure? Since, I mean, we weren't able to take on a snake. Do we, do we really want to upgrade to a dragon today? I mean... Speaking of, how many hit points does Wing have, Simmond? Oh, I should actually make that roll, shouldn't I? <laughs> Let me just pull up the spell here. Uh, 1d8 plus spellcasting ability modifier... Three plus five is eight. Ooh. Thank you, Mr. DeKind. You're very welcome. I feel almost fully good. <laughs> if I had to guess, I would say it like about 75%. <laughs> knock, knock, knock on the door. Ah, uh, you're approaching. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're halfway to the gazebo down the peach-colored brick driveway. The sky was already twilight. But suddenly it's like full night where you're walking. It darkens. Looking around, you're standing in a round shadow. The shadow is getting larger and larger in diameter. How do each of you react? I'm going to use the same initiative as last time. Wing, what do you do? Uh, I had a very close brush with death, so I'm going to be quite careful, I think. So I will stay mostly back and try to kind of get, get back away from this growing shadow. It's centered on you guys, and it is getting larger and larger in diameter. It's a circle shadow. I would like to look up. He looks up. Okay, Willie, what do you do? Uh, I mean, I think I would just look up as well, honestly. Like, see what it is first. Okay, Simmond, what do you do? Are there... You said there were topiaries around us, correct? Yes. I am going to cast Druidcraft and make them grow bigger. Okay. As per the wording of Druidcraft, a leaf sprouts on one of them. And the glacier plummets out of the sky onto you guys. So we are going to continue next time in part two with that. (laughs) The look of surprise (laughs) on Wing's face is great. All right. Joining us this time were... Simmond. Uh, hi. Willie. Uh, bye. And Wing. I think we should not mess with large reptiles anymore. It's a bad idea. Bye. Bye. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love, so go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. 
We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notepad with the fire-breathing kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you! Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We are joined again by Simmond. Hi! Wing! Hello! And Willie! How's it going, everyone? Everybody roll a d20, because it's okay if you fall asleep or get drunk or something or just miss the first half, because we'll do a recap for you. I've got a number on the dice. I guess you guys can't see it from how far away it is. This is perfect. I've got a number on the dice, selected but obscured from the players. Everybody else roll a number on the dice. Let's see who's the closest to what I rolled. 16. 16 as well. (laughs) Six. Okay. The number on the dice was a... You guys can't see that. There's a flaw in my plan. No. That's a three. <laughs> eh? no, we believe it's just you. Just glowing white. Okay, that's a three. So who's the closest to three? Oh, I could write it down on a piece of paper and hold the paper up in the future. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> three. It was six. Six. I'm closest. Okay. Yeah. Please tell us what happened last time with Velian von Erden. Well, me and the chaps have been having a lovely day. We started out. At the Natural History Museum, where we met a lovely man named Ernst, who was some sort of museum director. We gazed upon a beautiful piece of art, and I met many fun dead people. <laughs> After that, we went to a convenience store, so when we were feeling peckish, we purchased some nachos from, at the time unknown to us, a thief! And a forger, or not forger, but she lied about something. A framer. Uh, we found that out after we went back to the guild hall to speak to a traveling musician, or storyteller, who was framed for the crime that, honestly, I believe she committed. But there's something afoot, so we went to the police station, set a information on the court case, and tomorrow morning we'll be attending to these issues. Before the judge. Now we find ourselves, after battling a large snake that our dear friend Simmond was so kind to us to leave, uh, ourselves being uh, potentially crushed to death by a giant glacier in the yard of a beautiful mansion. That's the long and the short of it. Yeah. I would love to continue delay, seeing as I'm going to be crushed after I stop this sentence. So. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> DM cackle. Everybody roll dexterity saving throws. The people who looked up, which was Wing and Willie, get advantage. Yes. Ooh. I don't want to die again. Come on. <laughs> oh, not good. Not good. <sighs> Oh, okay. Three. What, yeah, what am I saying? I got a four. Uh, my total is nine, even with advantage. <laughs> and Willie got a four with advantage? I got a four. With... Yep, I got a two and a three. What? I got two fours. <laughs> I, I got bad news for you guys. The oh, no. fail scenario is ten damage. 
Uh, I only have 7 HP. Yeah? Oh, no, I have 9. Wing? I have 8 right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is <laughs> So all of you were crushed to unconsciousness by a glacier? <laughs> yep. Thanks for joining us at Fire Breathing Kittens. <laughs> <laughs> We've had fun. <laughs> As you guys fade to black, a elf woman with pale skin, black hair, and blue eyes shouts, Oh, come on! Seriously! And she runs forward. She waves her hand, and the glacier erupts into snowflakes, with your crushed bodies now being gently drifted upon by magical snow. She waves her hand again, and it, the snow whirls around you like Jack Frost, and all of you awaken with one hit point. What was that? What? The expletive is going on. I don't feel so good. I've had it up to here with you... S oh, wait, sorry, she has an accent. I've had it up to here with you sunblades trespassing on my territory to proselytize at me. Go back to where you came from and get off my lawn. And you can tell she means it because she just beat you up with a glacier. <laughs> okay, so, sorry for coming onto your lawn. I scramble away. This woman is dangerous. <laughs> Possibly yes, mentally unhinged. Is. What a woman. <laughs> I'm like very tempted also just to leave. Well, <laughs> um, now, uh, uh, excuse me, but there's been a misunderstanding. And Willie's like rubbing his forehead. Um, we're kittens, not sunblades. You're not here to proselytize at me and be missionary paladin cleric jerks? No, you literally sent us a request to come. I'll show her the flyer from the job board. Oh, dang. I'm going to read that flyer to you again. Yeah, we were sent by a neighbor, not by her. Uh-oh. I'm going to read that flyer. Oh, fuck. Oops. I had, a, I had a scenario for what would happen if you told her about the... Okay. The flyer said, I heard a scary dragon had taken up residence at 31157 Tregany Lane in Elysian Fields. He must have eaten the homeowners. Slay the dragon and save our suburb. Signed, a guy, Layla Abeldgard. This is a girl. Um, so she accepts the flyer from you if they ask Zamfira about Layla. That is one of the possible scenarios. Uh, she says, Push! I've never met him. This neighborhood is full of uppity idiots, though. Always playing tennis, smoking in cigar lounges, visiting museums. Ugh, they think they have class. They think I don't deserve this house. They're fools. I am the homeowner. Get off my lawn. Willie will slink away. And she morphs into a silver dragon. Guys, run away. See us, the dragon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I. Uh, it seems we should leave. Thank you very much for your time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a how big like a how big of a dra Oh, oh, I get it now. They're racists. Yes. Okay. Because she is the dragon. <laughs> Can we walk up to a neighboring house? 
Yeah, it's gonna take a while. Like trick or treating in the two wealthiest suburbs is just gonna take you like five minutes to get there. That's fine. Yeah. And we knock on that door. Uh, Miss, Mrs. Mrs. Simmons, before we do that, first house you went in, I got eaten by a snake, almost died. Second house you went in, we crashed my glacier, almost died. I think maybe neighborhood is cursed, so maybe we go back. <laughs> um, maybe. I just feel like we should find this this Layla and uh, spin a story and collect our gold before we leave. Okay, good luck with that. I yell from all the way back up the driveway, waving to you. Good luck. <laughs> <sighs> all right, Willie, you in? You know it, brother. All right. First off, we have to think of something good to save to this racist neighbor. Oh, um, you can leave that to me. I am very good at intimidating people, and I will just remind himself of the impermanence of life and his relationship in the world. Okay. We'll make that plan number one, and plan number two, I'll try to persuade them that things are not what they seem. I'll think of something. Uh, all right. You should probably go first, though. That sounds like more of a plan A, and then I'll intimidate him. Fair. All right, we knock on the door of the neighbor. It is now fully dark. Crickets are chirping because there's wooded areas all around. You definitely think there's some monsters in those woods. Wing is at the end of the driveway, and like adult trick-or-treaters, embarrassed with one hit point left, it's been a long day you trudge to this door and you knock its door knocker and opening the door is a half elf man you recognize from earlier wearing a white fluffy bathrobe and smoking a cigar oh hello again may i help you Yes, we were hoping to find uh, some directions. I'm afraid we've gotten lost. We've been invited personally by Layla Abelgard, but we can't seem to find the house. No street signs, you know. He doesn't live here, and he is about to close the door. He's stepped backwards. His arm is extended. Uh, But do you know where he may live? Why would I tell you? Wait. Well... I've seen you before, and... (laughs) I mean, Wing is pretty far away at the end of the driveway, so I'm not going to do a does-he-recognize-Wing check, but I am going to say that he recognizes you two from the museum earlier today, because, you know, you're memorable. Yes. You were kind enough to show us around the museum. It was very very nice of you. He, he did not. He stood there. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd asked him about tours he would have told you a fun story about why they aren't given at the museum right now because their certain staff member who used to give them got fired but anyway um they're hiring but anyway so um ah where were we yeah so he recognizes you and he says i saw you at the museum you said you gave me a tour he's like nah nah i didn't this is getting weird (laughs) uh willie you're up so uh willie will like step a little closer and like nudge the door open with like his foot and like look down at this person uh his hair sort of like flutters away from his face as like his eyes which are just two smoking green pits like flare at him and he goes uh you have wronged your neighbor you have done things to the community that 
cause discourse. Uh, Discord. You have misused your position in the community to cause another person harm. They have a hard enough life as it is, and life can be so impermanent. Things could end at any moment because of one little ripple in the world. What are you talking Would you like to continue making... Stop messing with the dragon lady. And also, you know, I'm out of paycheck because of you. That's not the guy? Why? That's, that's we're... not the guy. We're trying to get directions to the guy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this guy, there's so many names. That's why okay. I do. I just don't like, I can't remember which one's which. I got to take better notes, I guess. Well, this is embarrassing. This is the uh, snooty guy who I'm won't really give sorry. us directions. He's standing there as Scare you guys directions are out of him. In, the, in the doorway. And he just like, I mean, it's been a long day. He takes a long puff on his cigar and he's like, what do you want? We just want to know where this guy is. But honestly, this is this, that was really embarrassing, my friend. <laughs> what guy? Uh, Layla, we got guard. Yeah. I know Layla. What do you want with Layla? And why? who are you? And why are you here? It's late. He's hired us. We are the hired help. We need to find him so that we can give him what he hired us to do. Okay, well, it's really late. So, look, I'm meeting him tomorrow after work at the Cigar Lounge. Do you want to go with me if you have to meet him? Sure. Where's the Cigar Lounge? And what time? It's a members only. I'd have to take you there. I get off work at 5. Look, this address, 6? All right. 6 p.m. tomorrow, this address. Okay. You have the address. (laughs) All right. Very good. Have a good day, sir. Stay out of trouble, kids. (laughs) Yes, sir. I tried to do a scary voice thing, and it really didn't work out. It was like trick or treating, but if you were an adult, it's exactly. I, oh, yeah. Okay, As we walk away, yeah, yeah, it's okay. It was a really scary voice, just like a wrong guy, wrong guy. It's okay. Oh my gosh! Anybody can make that mistake. It's okay. You're you're really scary. You're doing great. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's just go back to wig. <laughs> let's. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. keep let's, the original let's... in and. In the podcast, just a combination. I I deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's grab Blaine. Let's. I think we've earned ourselves a nice long rest in the, the guild hall. Let's just let's just chill. We have a court date early in the morning. You you see you see Wing like pressed with his back against the uh, the. Ah, the, f- the fence around the yard, like hyperventilating a little bit. <laughs> oh, Mr. Willie, Mr. Simmons, I heard a very scary voice coming from in there. Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, y- yes, yes, I am. And I'm losing like, Willie's voice now. I'm, I'm rocked, I'm rocked. Um, yes, everything went exactly according to plan. Oh. Okay, good. I thought you were maybe, you know, snake, dragon, now maybe demon or something. I don't know. It was very, uh, very deep and scary voice. Huh. I was very intimidated, Willie. <sighs> Thank you. You're such dear friends to me. But please, let us return to the guild hall and perhaps see that crying man again. All right, it's midnight. You show up at the guild hall. You rock on in. Nusi's there. You're not sure when she leaves. And Garrix has long gone home. He has a court date at 8 o'clock in the morning, so he's back at his inn, very drunk. Okay, let's take a long rest. 
Where do you all sleep? Uh, hey, Nusi, do you mind if we uh, take a nap at one of these tables? Simmond sleeps bent over with his arm on his hands on a wooden table. How about you two? Uh, I go back to the, to the, the, oh no. Okay, uh, really, you go first. I have to look something up. <laughs> Wait, don't I have a room here? <laughs> There's, it's a bar. We've rooms. established this before. There's rooms upstairs. Name a Aaron bar in real have a room. life that has rooms. Just name one. Every pub Every in tavern. Ireland. Yes. This is, Every tavern like in Lord of the Rings. Irish accent? I, like... If I was secretly Irish and did an American accent this well for this many years, first off, give me a podcasting award. Second off, in America, bars don't have beds. <laughs> We're not in America. We're in Nicomoy. Okay, bars have beds in Nicomoy. Uh, there we are. Yes, it's sure. canon. Sure, you sleep in a bed in a bar. All right. Cool. Yes. <laughs> uh, I go back to the amazingly talented talent show of Mrs. Salafaticus version 2.0. Because it's stationed in Nicomoy at the moment. Alright. Uh, I do not sleep. <laughs> so I merely stand in the corner of the guild hall and wait for morning, unblinking. <laughs> the death fan lift me. Alright. Just. Staring out a window. <laughs> and it's morning. It is 6.30 in the morning. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone would come in and find Willie just in the exact same spot you last saw him. Ah, Mr. Willie, did you have a good nap? Yes, I had a lovely evening. I watched a spider build a web. Hmm. All that great contemplation about your non-life must really help res restore your vigor, you know? Yes, it's much to ponder. I have been dead for so, so much of my life. Was I ever truly alive? I don't know. Anyway, we have a court... <laughs> great morning, existential crisis, and now we'll go to the courthouse. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Yep. <laughs> Well, yes, we, we've got this. We, uh, well, you're the one who saw this, correct, Wang? So you'll be the one to testify, correct? Uh-oh. I guess I am, yes. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm very experienced and good with this, uh, court things. Yes, well, <laughs> just tell the judge what you saw, and then we'll all go get breakfast. Okay, that sounds good. Are you guys bringing any evidence to the courthouse with you? That sounds like a good idea, so we probably will not. <laughs> I Do mean, we... we don't have any evidence, really. I mean, okay, it's 6.30. We could swing by the inn and perhaps get testimony from the innkeep there of when he arrived in town. Perhaps that would provide alibi? Yes, sure. Alibi. It's good. I'm sure someone at the courthouse has to have zone of truth, right? Yeah. Like, they can't not. That's a very good point. So we just need to convince them to put Tiffany into a zone of truth. Do you have Tiffany? Or Wing. Uh, well, uh, 
I mean, do we have the court case file or just the number? You know, Jake Peralta is just so helpful. He would have given you a copy of case 157-4894's file. Uh, or like cool. there's a there's a public, you know, itinerary of what's going to happen. I look and see if she's supposed to testify because this is, I mean, she's the one who claims that she was stuck up. So it does say that the company will be representing itself. Yeah, not necessarily Ooh. that she'll be there. Hmm. That's weird. <laughs> uh, hmm. But I feel like our witness account would at least throw in enough, you know, evidence to the contrary, and enough, like, benefit of the doubt that there would have to be a mistrial. If we have an uh, eyewitness account of of the cashier stealing from the drawer. Yeah. I mean, or at least enough... At least enough to provide a stay of uh, sentencing for our dear friend. Provide him some more time to collect resources and perhaps hire young beans to help him. Okay. I mean, or we could go look for Tiffany. Maybe she's at work. We could try. Oh, I'm good at finding people. I'm sure I can find her. (laughs) Do we do the thing where we ask her to come, or do we do the thing where we put bag over her head and make her come? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Willie, you could try your hand at intimidation again. <laughs> uh, I mean, I will, but I want to be honest. I don't think I'm going to let out the spirit inside me. At least to talk this time. It's very spooky. And I kind of, like, flash my hair up and just, like, just the big smoking eyes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I could, I could give it a shot. I think you're going to do splendidly. Hmm. Yeah. Let's let's see if we can go get her Tiffany at the Combini convenience store. All right, you guys go to the convenience store. A bell tinkle tinkles as you pull the door to the convenience store open. On the left are three standing aisles covered in packages of snacks and convenient items and a far wall lined with shelves of beverages. On your right, a wall with a service counter is staffed by a satyr wearing a tank top and a plaid skirt, covered by a store uniform apron. When the door opened, she woke up because she was definitely sleeping. (laughs) She's working eight hours. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys are all in the Conbini convenience store. All right, well, uh, I guess I'll go up. And, uh... Hmm. You got uh, this, Willie. Hello, Tiffany. I understand you've been the victim of a robbery lately. Alright, so here's some behind-the-scenes stuff you guys did not know happened. Uh, but it's on the paper, so it happened. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, what, what did the paper say? No, we, no, no, we were my looking DM plans. Oh. Some okay. stuff you don't know. Okay, so here's the thing. She wakes up, because she was kind of sleeping... Sees you again. At first, doesn't really react. Then, like, feels like she remembers something. Do an insight check. Everybody. Eleven. Six. (laughs) Six. Yeah, you you don't know. Whatever. And then she starts screaming. And she says, Ah! It's the thieves! Oh my god, they're back! What the heck? You already robbed me once! Uh, <laughs> Facepalm Absolutely, that's what I'm here for 
Oh, uh, man, yeah. Okay, he's going to attempt to intimidate. Yeah, I'm not having good days. Not having good days. Uh, no good, very bad days. Um, you got this. Yeah. Uh, intimidate. Stop this nonsense. <laughs> Roll your in- Drop the act. <laughs> I want to see if this is going well or poorly. Is it is a nineteen? Nice. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Uh, we have not robbed you. I have no need to rob things. All possessions are meaningless in the scape of time. Calm yourself and speak. Why are you calling us thieves? With a 19 intimidation, she cracks. She knows that gig is up. And in just like the poutiest rich girl that recently lost money way she can, she's like, ah, fine. I reported you guys as robbing me yesterday, so I figured I should react. This might be going uh, Wing's other option of the plan. (laughs) You will speak to my compatriots and beg them for forgiveness. Tell the police that you have lied, or I will force you to. 19 intimidation. She's like, but it's not fair. It's not fair that Scarsburg took daddy's money, and now I don't have any money. And then she, like, whines all the way to the police station with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm, I'm just like staying close in case she tries to bolt and like death staring her like, keep going, young lady. Like oh, yeah. Her lack of appreciation for the seriousness of the situation annoys you almost as much as being accused of robbers does. But you arrive at the courthouse. It's 7.50 a.m. Wing has definitely taken another box of nachos from the store as well. <laughs> Wait, you definitely have to leave money. <laughs> I have not leave money. <laughs> Ping! Uh, copper falls on your sombrero. You? I mean, I already paid for one box. Isn't that like a lifetime thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have left one copper on the counter for a box of nachos. Oh. <laughs> I love that no. <laughs> I am an adult. (laughs) You are at the courthouse. It's ten minutes before the trial. You have one irritated Valley Girl Seder with you. (laughs) Waiting inside for you is one very, very hungover swashbuckler storyteller. What do you do? We've brought you a gift, my friend. Freedom. And nachos. And nachos. (laughs) Wait, Wing, darling, check to make sure that Nugget isn't in there again. I'd hate it to happen to him twice. I pull out a very sticky sticky Nugget. Oh, well, (laughs) it was a long way over from the convenience store, so it's a little late. (laughs) There you are, friend. Dragon free. We'll hand him the nachos. (laughs) And then you guys succeeded, so narrate what happens. Do you intimidate Tiffany into testifying in his zone of truth? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I need to continue to do so, or we'll just approach a, uh, police officer, like, some court attendant, and be like, hey, we, uh, we got, uh, this person would like to confess. 
fine. <laughs> and she does. She says. Yeah, I was like yeah. looking at her like, do it then. <laughs> fine. Okay. All right. So the Scarsbridge jerk like took all of daddy's money and then i was poor and i just couldn't be poor i had to get a job at a cashier at a convenience store the expressions on your faces <laughs> wing is eating popcorn she whines about how she she's like so i pocketed the money and then i blamed people you know because if they robbed me then i could just keep it what's the big deal she sounds like she had a tough time. Maybe we should just let her go. I mean, sounds logical. I think she sounds like she needs to learn what the big deal is. Maybe she should have to serve the sentences for everyone that she would have falsely committed to prison. Oh, yeah. By the way, there's warrants out for all three of you's rest. And you <laughs> resolve all of that in a very satisfying ending to the Fire Breathing Kittens episode. So let's just summarize what happened. This trying to do better storytelling but i'm not that good at it whatever you'll get a better dm next week everybody all right so tiffany gets charged with embezzling (laughs) garrick's and all three of you are cleared of your robbery charges and uh do you guys want to hear all of the possible endings of the story wait we're not done huh what yeah we still have to go meet somebody at 6 p.m at a cigar lounge oh dang i forgot yeah, we yeah. gotta beat up that. Yes, we gotta no. beat up that dragon racist. We're going to be diplomatic. <sighs> I'm gonna smoke cigars. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whoops, kind of forgot there was more to the story, so we keep going. <laughs> that takes all day. <laughs> it is six p.m. and you are at the address that Ernst Lee told you about. Of course, Tiffany's gonna. Do you go to jail for embezzling, or do you just pay a fine? You go to jail. Uh, you go to jail? How long? For multiple false accusations? I would hope so. Uh, how long does it? Yeah. Well, she would probably have multiple charges, because she also, like, uh, like false testimony. Uh, like, four times on top of actually committing the crime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she wouldn't... Like, if it's anything like the real-world legal system, uh, she wouldn't go to jail immediately. She would get her court date, and then she would get, like, her lawyer and stuff. And how long did you guys think she'd be in jail if she did fail at court? Uh, 17, if if we're using the... She would be technically a minor if 18's the line. She's 23. So it would, Oh, I thought she was, like, 17. Same age as... Oh, wait, no, she's 25. Same... Wait, 20, oh. she's 26. Same age as... Throw the book at her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got so much less sympathetic now. I'm like... <laughs> Um. Oh, that's funny. She's like older than Sim, or uh, not Sim and Willie is. <laughs> intimidating an adult. Um, that's fine. Yeah. So I, I guess probably ten to fifteen years if it's her first offense. Okay, we're gonna go eight because of the good lawyer. Oh gosh, Tiffany's gonna be old when we see her again. Gosh, this is this is a long time. Really, eight years? Wow. All right. That character's gone, guys. <laughs> so. As she should be. Cigar store, sure. All right. Cigar store. You're at the cigar store. Ernst Lee is at the cigar store. He's not wearing a bathrobe this time. He's wearing his post-work slacks. He's got a blue button up. He's got that annoying uppity look about him. And 
he hands each of you a cigar outside the store. And he says, first, I have to tell you about cigars. All right, I'm listening. And listen, you do. As for 15 minutes, he tells you exactly where this tobacco came from, how it was rolled, and why you should love and appreciate cigars. I eat the cigar. Oh, no. <laughs> Constitution saving throw. I see. Okay. That's a four. Yeah, I had a cat who ate tobacco. It does smell like you should eat it, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I got a nat 20 on mine. Did Are you we eat them the or cigar? Just... Oh, no, no. Sorry. I thought we all Are we all eating? <laughs> I thought we had to roll it for smoking it. Say yes. Just say yes. <laughs> no. Willie sees Wig do it and then just starts to put it towards his mouth. Like, I don't, is this what you do with this? No, Ernst slaps it out of your hand. It is like, oh, okay. All right. You guys just come with me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you do not feel well. Um, I'm going to give you disadvantage on all skill checks, just like the first level exhaustion, but it's cigar poisoning. <laughs> so, all right. And so certain that he's going to be embarrassed by you, having tried to avoid this, because he's like, fine, follow me. You all walk inside what looks like a normal store, maybe 15 feet by 20 feet long with a sales counter. Oh, he has taken those cigars back, by the way. Um, this front region is separated by a glass door from a larger region, which has leather recliners, pool tables, and a big illusion screen. Stepping into the shop summons a fat old man from that room, who, pushing open the glass door to greet you, releases a cloud of smoke. Constitution saving throws. I do not need to breathe. Oh, you don't need to do a constitution saving throw then. I'm going to take my last roll, that nat 20. Can I make mine with disadvantages? I'm already that pack of poisons. Yes. Cool. That's a nine. Okay. <laughs> Wing, oh, you cough, you cough <laughs> involuntarily, and the man looks insulted, and Ernst looks embarrassed. <laughs> Simon, you didn't cough. That's good. The cigar lounge owner, seeing you, says, Ernst, good to see you. New recruits? He heads behind the counter, ready to ring you up for your membership fees. Ernst stutters and stammers, and suddenly is shy on words. Oh, I believe we are guests of this esteemed gentleman here. Day passes, then? Blink, if you would. All right, ten gold each. <clears throat> Hello, benefactor. Are you looking at Ernst? Yes, he invited us here. I'm sure he wouldn't have been so rude as to invite someone and not cover the membership fee. That would never happen. He's no. much too polite of a man. And cultured, my goodness. He made me eat a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Ernst looks at Wing and he just, he doesn't like you and he can't remember why. And he's like, Boss, can I they just it's... see Layla? Can I just call Layla out here? And he won't pay for you. You don't get to go inside. <laughs> Fair. And the guy's like, yeah, what's going on, Ernst? And he's like, just, they're here to see Layla. He, boss goes, yeah, go ahead. Call him out. Costs money to go inside. You don't necessarily have to go inside. And Ernst opens the glass door to the recliner area that looks all fancy with pool tables and an illusion screen and steps inside and within a second or two comes out with a Caucasian human male. He looks uppity and irritated. 
Willie, uh, you can see his hair like starting to flutter, and like he's like, I already don't like this guy. <laughs> um, so kind of looks to Simmons and like a like take the lead. You're you're the most negotiable of all of us. Ah, yes, Lord Abelgard, correct? Oh, that's too kind of you. Uh oh, you schmoozed him. He's not a lord. He's Layla, but he loved that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My apologies, you just have that very lordly air about you. Anyways, uh, I take it you we have been called, he produces the flyer, to look into a dragon, correct? Oh yes, the dragon. What a disgrace. Oh, I can certainly see that. I mean, I feel like Elysium Fields are so exclusive, you know? There are certain... Uh, Sorts of people that are recommended. Uh, humans, the, the high elves only, of course. Uh, perhaps a few others. I'm sure you would agree. Yes, and ever since we got those Elysian town guards for our suburbs, we were supposed to be protected from things like dragons killing and eating our family and taking over our homes. It's just preposterous. What do we pay the guards for? And then, mm. like, the guy behind the counter, like, nods, like, here, here. <laughs> well... I'm sure that plenty of people agree with you as well. We actually looked into this. The deed on the house is lawful, and it turns out the woman who purchased it is in fact a high elf wizard who uh, also has opinions about the Elysium Guard and uses major illusion to create the image of a dragon to scare off the riffraff from her property. He looks stunned, and he takes a moment, and he just goes, Oh... That's clever. Do I have to roll a persuasion check? Yeah, with advantage, because that was a good lie. You can do persuasion, deception. This this would have gone so much different if I did it. With advantage, I got a 16, and my persuasion, let's see. Ah, those are all ones. So, 17. Ah, it stinks not being a bard anymore, huh? Ah, it does. (laughs) Feel the druid. You got to talk a snake out of eating, dude, on the toilet. I did. Uh, Anyway, so... (laughs) 17's pretty good. So, he believes your story, and he's like, "That's, that's clever. You know, you can never trust those guards. I need an illusion dragon. Well, I'm sure... I'm sure someone as esteemed as you could could hire out uh, uh, any of the wizards in town here. You could very well have your own illusory dragon. Ernst now pipes in, and he's like, Oh, the guy who did my Christmas lights last year? I wonder if he would get us something to keep out the monsters. We don't even need those guards. And then, like, now there's a competition going in between them where Layla wants a better display than Ernst. (laughs) Because they're, like, (laughs) bros, but they don't actually like one another. (laughs) Yeah. It should also be noted that house number 31157 only has a silver dragon illusion. I bet someone could easily craft you a gold dragon illusion. Oh, oh, you yes, the day is saved by by toxic masculinity and rivalry because now they're debating which dragon they're each going to get. <laughs> And they're both like, oh yeah, and when when a creature steps onto my driveway, a gold dragon illusion will appear and scare it away. (laughs) Hmm, maybe I can make some money out of this. 
And maybe, you know, illusions are usually only C, but if you need some sounds as well, and I would like to use my mimicry to uh, impersonate a dragon roar. <laughs> that was the best dragon roar I got. Uh, so I can make a deception check to make them believe that that's a dragon roar? Yeah. What's your roll? Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, that's a natural 20 for 26 total. <laughs> oh, Ernst, Whoa. you brought help. Yes, we'll hire you. You could do the voices. It'll be the best display in town. Ooh, more copper. Yeah, all right. So you guys get 100 gold each for resolving the flyer. Yes, yes, good friends. We will have the best display. What a clever idea. And yeah, you... Uh, <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Now everybody has a dragon in Elysium Fields as the trend catches on. And anyone who comes to, like, be poor around them... Oh, dragon illusion. (laughs) (laughs) And that concludes our adventure, everybody. (laughs) Do you want to hear the possible endings? Or do anything else? Sure. Okay. And as you know, this is episode uh, three of the season. Episode two of the season had different people with the same NPCs reached an entirely different different conclusion you guys so different super (laughs) cool fun all right so here's the potential endings there's four of them okay Mm -hmm. okay potential ending one the party saves vaclav kampush from a snake in part one or if they don't go to his house in part one in part two if they show up vaclav kampush ends up in a coma so you guys saved him the previous game they ended up in a coma Ooh. Good job, you guys. Poor thing. <laughs> he has a tough life. <laughs> He's much better in this reality than in that one. All right. Possible ending two. The party visits the cone beanie in part one. If you visited the cone beanie in part one, Tiffany Hapana would tell her boss that the money was missing from the till because you guys robbed her and there would be a warrant out for your arrest. So that was on paper. That, that happened. Okay. And then in part two, if you visited the convenient and you still didn't figure out that she was stealing, even after a warrant was out for you, I felt bad for you. And I had this like last minute save that there was a thief, Dean Paul Trenieri, that was going to come in and like try to stick it up, you know, give me all your money. But there's like no money in the cash register. And that would have been a clue for you guys. So um, anyway, mm. but you didn't need to do that because you figured it out. That's good. In the other game, that dude totally went to jail. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany remained free Man. and that guy went to jail. <laughs> oh, screw that reality. <laughs> yeah. Dude, our reality rocks so far. <laughs> Possible ending three. The party arranges the return of the necklace to the Kampush family or doesn't. So you guys did. And in the other game, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> Uh, hey, they had fun too. They just did it different. Okay, so, um, and then both of you did this. The party resolves the miscommunication between Layla Abelgard and Zamfira Argentine, where he is under the false impression that she is a dragon who took over the house from the previous occupants when really she just bought it like any other property. If you hadn't resolved that, then the Sunblades would have continued to sneak onto her property. She thought it was to missionary at her and she would always let them go alive. She'd much rather deceive someone than kill them. But they were actually there to kill her. So they would have eventually succeeded. So you guys saved her life. Oof. Oh, man. Yeah, all the good endings. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you got all the good endings. Triple S rating. Yeah. (laughs) 
But you both did great. I, I thought both adventures were really fun. Uh, and so, listeners, listen to them both. So she, she prefers to deceive people instead of kill them, except that she did throw a glacier on us, potentially killing all three of us at once. Hmm. <laughs> it, I mean... It was written in her... Did. I inherited her character backstory, and she's, like, threatening of... She's defensive of her employees, you know? Threatening, but she also would never, like, leave you dead. She would prefer to just scare you... Successfully scare you away and then revive you. So it's it's, like... I got this profile of her from the player who plays her daughter and it was that she can kill, but she'd prefer to deceive and be awesome. Yes. I feel like we should like build a relationship there. Yeah, she she seems cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. It's very nice. I'm going to so mail her a letter. <laughs> Let her know that we did all we could. The injustice she faced was inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone asks, she should pretend to be a wizard instead of a dragon. <laughs> yeah. And I will absolutely beat that guy up if he keeps doing it. <laughs> oh, no, he's he's going to hire you guys to... Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys get an extra 100 gold each because you're making illusions with him. <laughs> oh, All right. sweet. 100 gold. Yeah, because you get hired to make illusions for multiple houses in town. So I'm on sound. Who is, who is doing lights and effects? <sighs> I can do a little bit of light effects. Druidcraft involves fire. Uh, I mean, I have Eldritch Blast, so I can <laughs> shoot off some lasers. Fireworks. Yeah! <laughs> oh, man. That is pretty cool. Like, if you step on someone's lawn and fireworks go off, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's what they cyber. wanted, but it's what they paid for and got. <laughs> yeah. It's better. It's a cyberpunk dragon. It's got, like, lasers. I mean, come on. <laughs> Starts playing techno music when you step on the lawn. <laughs> Alright, joining us for this adventure were Simmons the Kind. Thank you, thank you. Wavelian von Erden. So lovely to spend the days with you, friends. And Wing and Nugget. If you too want to hire a fire-breathing kitten industrial illusions, you can contact us at the fire-breathing kittens guild hall. As for Wing, Nugget, Willy, or Simmons. iTunes reviews. Oh. <laughs> if, you, if you like listening to us and you want to help us out, you can leave us a review at iTunes or any other podcasting service that you use to listen to our episodes. If you leave us a review, we will read it on air as one of the characters in their own voice. It's fun listening to your review being read by the people on the podcast. Yeah. Well, bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Ernst Lee, a half-elf man of considerable dignity and poise, covered his head with his arms and dashed cowering into his house. Each sprinted footfall he placed on his newly booby-trapped lawn inspired an eruption of eldritch blast sparks, druidic vine growth, and corvidian cause. Layla! Layla! he called into his sending stone once safely inside his McMansion. Are you seeing this too? The booms and caws from the other end of the sending stone let him know that indeed Layla was. The human man's voice at the other end retained its haughtiness as he asked, Ernst, did that Corvidian fellow and Golden Drake look familiar to you too? 
Do you remember those bank accounts we signed up for a month ago? The ones promising 8% return? Have you checked your balance recently? Ernst gasped and looked out at his malfunctioning lawn that exploded with fireworks every time anyone of any social class went near it, including himself. Gasp! You're right, Layla. I knew I remembered that wing fellow from somewhere. You don't think. Our accounts! The camera slowly pans out as fireworks continue to colorfully illuminate two very unhappy residents of Elysian Fields. Listen to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. It's a fun show about weird stuff. New episodes every Wednesday, ya eggheads. I'm Art. And I'm Andy. And Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time is a podcast about conspiracies, the paranormal, UFOs, unsolved mysteries. We're, we're going to be discussing the Kennedy assassinations. 9-11 conspiracies. Oh yeah, that's his nickname, Bob Lazar. Does Stanley Kubrick's horror masterpiece, The Shining, contain a hidden message about the moon landing hoax? Give me some aliens with some good frickin' spacecraft. I like this Tehran thing. The whole enchilada. <laughs> the only thing bigger than Bigfoot's feet are our egos. Today's topic, if you like simulation theory, ancient history, egghead science, and Mandela effect, that kind of stuff. I'd drive my motorcycle through that time portal <laughs> and I'd be blasting guns and roses and that'd freak him out. <laughs> Ooh wee goo goo ga big part of my lore you famous catchphrase Wow so check it out new episodes every Wednesday all the links you need on Mr. Bunker's conspiracytime.com and we'll see you in the bunker I'm Dr. Asif Doja. And I'm Dr. Ali Hassan. He is not a doctor. In fact, he is a stand-up comedian. Way to ruin it. In our new podcast, Doctor vs. Comedian, in each episode, I'll pick a topic from comedy and entertainment. And I'll question Ali about that. And then I'll pick a topic from health and wellness and question Asif about that. For example, I might ask, is laughter the best medicine? To which I might answer, for actual COVID-19, no. For the COVID blues that 7 billion people have been feeling lately, quite possibly. I'll supply the anecdotes. And I'll supply the evidence. And our goal is to be informative and entertaining. We'll be talking about serious topics in an unserious way. Upcoming topics include comedy, COVID, clowns, cannabis, and other things that don't start with C. So please subscribe to Doctor vs. Comedian wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes releasing every Friday. Or is it dropping? What what do people say these days? And scene.